The Italian Wine Podcast is the community-driven platform for Italian wine geeks around the world. Support the show by donating at italianwinepodcast.com. Donate five or more euros and we'll send you a copy of our latest book, My Italian Grape Geek Journal, absolutely free. To get your free copy of My Italian Grape Geek Journal, click support us at italianwinepodcast.com or wherever you get your pods. Grazie mille. Official media partner, the Italian Wine Podcast, is delighted to present a series of interviews and highlights from the 2023 Wine to Wine Business Forum, featuring Italian wine producers and bringing together some of the most influential voices in the sector to discuss the hottest topics facing the industry today. Don't forget to tune in every Thursday at 3 p.m. or visit theitalianwinepodcast.com for more information. Hi, good morning. It's the Wine to Wine Podcast Marathon. We have Wine to Wine Business Forum going this week, and this is Cynthia Chaplin. And today I'm so happy to welcome Francesca Bonzano. She is the owner and export manager for Castella di Uvigli in Piemonte. So welcome, Francesca. It's so nice to have you. Thank you, Cynthia. So nice to be here with you. It's great that you've come and brought your wine to share with us. So you've got Monferrato Rosso DOC 2016. And we know that eventually this wine is going to become known as Piemonte Albarossa. Really important because we want to talk about native grapes more often than we do. So tell us a bit about this wine. How did you choose it? Why is it the wine that you think represents your winery the best? So uh, this is 100% Albarossa. And Albarossa is a relatively unknown uh, red grape variety from Piemont. So it was first created in 1938 by Giovanni Dal Masso and uh, while crossing Barbera and Chatus, which is uh, also called Nebbiolo Hidronero. But it's not really a Nebbiolo as we know it today. It's more like a very old <laughs> grape variety, uh, actually from France. And so we rediscovered Albarossa together with other producers recently because we believe in its great characteristics. Like it's a very thick body, very juicy, you know, with this red and the black fruits, which is amazing to me with the Sichuan pepper. And of course, since we know the parents, Barbera and Nebbiolo, we also know that it has a very like great aging potential. Sure, good acidity and some yeah. nice tannic structure. A lot of tannin. So. Exactly. So are you aging it in wood and how long? So we this age in two years in barrels, like small barrels, French oak. And so it also gains a lot of structure from there. So Albarossa has a very small, let's say, berries that has a lot of fruit. We're not the first one who believe in, in Albarossa at Castello di Viglia because the first one was uh, the founder of uh, the winery in uh, late uh, 1800s, Sofia di Bricchiarazio, from ah. the Bricchiarazio family. That was the f- Bricchiarazio family was uh, the founder of Fiat, Emanuele, her brother. But she was the one who actually got the winery started. Like she started commercializing the wines. And I mean, she did a great job and she was also friend with the Giovanni Dalmasso. So she was the first one planting Albarossa in Piemont. Which is a long time ago, actually. Yes. Also to be a woman in wine back in those days once in that was incredible. This story, I am fascinated by that. Well, I can see on your bottle, it says 1491. So let's talk about the significance yes. of 1491 for Castello di Uvilla. So 1491 was the year where, where the first vine was planted. And uh, it, it's 
crazy to think that was one year prior to the discovery of America. And I'm American, so yeah. that's, that's a long time ago. <laughs> so they started, so while they were discovering America, in Italy were, you know, experimenting on wine probably. So there were alchemists at Castello di Viglia and they were the first one making actual experiments with their grapes. It's so fascinating. So how old are the oldest vineyards that you still have? So they're around 40, 45 years old. Of course, we don't have the first one planted, but we want to believe that it's somehow we're guardians, you know, not owners of this land. So we prefer to, we would love to know if the original place was also there. And if we knew that, we would maintain it. So but we're, what we're trying to do is not replacing the grape variety that they used to have. We even have some Cabernet Franc that we don't really use for vinification, but it was there originally, they say. From, and protecting it, yeah. keeping it, which is great to hear about. I know your family took over in 2020, yes. so not that long ago. So sort of what are the dreams and hopes for the future? I know you just got Equalitas, the yes. sustainability certification. So yeah. what are your plans? I know it's, it's you and your sisters. What are the plans going forward? So my personal dream would be to take Monferrato far away from Italy also, like the name of Monferrato, the name of Albarossa. So the U.S. is my second home. I studied there. I worked there. So I want to keep expanding in the U.S. Uh, area and, uh, of course, make known the name of Monferrato, not only with Barbera, but with the, the Albarossa grape as well, the Grignolino grape, which is also a native grape. Uh, that is A favorite of mine. <laughs> That's a great grape. It's a very rebel wine as well. So and the next steps would be expanding with the export and uh, probably like slowly increase the production in order to have also the, the volumes to follow the dream of export. And I know you're making around 150,000 bottles a year. Yes. How many bottles per year do you make of the Monferrato Rosso, the Albarossa? So we're around 15, 20,000 bottles. We also, this is not the only Monferrato Rosso we have because as our aim is also is to preserve the, the native grapes, but also to keep experimenting. For example, we have a Monferrato Rosso, but it's a Pinot Noir and Barbera, which is a pretty that's a, that's a unusual blend. <laughs> yes, for Piemont it's pretty unusual. As it's called Osteria. Osteria used to be a place in Italy where uh, people used to go after work to gather with friends. So we want to remind that wine could be also something informal and nice to share. And so Osteria, the name, and also the we have a beer uh, bottle shape so that it's it's the packaging of Osteria. So it's also used to the, the meaning is wine should be for everyone. So Monferrato Rosso itself as a DOC, it's fun because you, you can also experiment. That is great. I I know you're also doing some Metodo Classico, aren't you? Yes. So the historical production of Metodo Classico at Castel di Viglie, it's a four years old production. We have um, Cave in Pietra da Cantone, which are these quarries that originated in 1800 uh, after Christ. They were digged by men, but originated from a soil from 20,000 million years ago. So spanning around 10,000 square meters. And we keep all our classic method there to wow. age, which is uh, also like a great space to, you know, keep experimenting also on aging. So we do 120 months classic method. Fantastic. So, What's the blend? Uh, normally we do Chardonnay and Pinot Noir. So and we're very classical. 50-50? Yes, around 50. Normally it's 50-50. But um, 
we're not that experimental on plastic method because we all know that in the end, Chardonnay and Pinot Noir are... Why, why change it? We know yeah. it works. So. <laughs> exactly. So you're sort of getting much more involved in bringing people in. I know we were talking before we started the interview about um, Sparbatelli. Yes. So I want to hear a little bit about this because it's a group of young, primarily female producers. Yes. Tell me what you're doing with that. Well, like a, a group of friends that also have each other because we're all first young. I always say that we don't really have colleagues of our age. So it's, it's hard sometimes to, you know, know where you want to go or how you want to get there. So we started like this, like sharing contacts and also with this big event in Asti, with the ICE uh, Asti, where everything started. So uh, we made friendship there and then sometimes like we, so we started to believe that actually should be something bigger. So we want to become an association and we would love to start, you know, like events in different parts of Italy to start with and then maybe go out there and it's all young producers under 40 years old. I think it's so important to get these things going now and having, you know, a young image yourself and your sisters will help attract new younger drinkers as well. We we know that young people aren't drinking as much wine as they used to or as we would like to see them and experiment with it. So it's great that you're starting that sort of an association, getting women involved, which is super important, especially here in Italy. And I hope that you can take that forward into other countries, especially if you're going to export more to the U.S. Exporting your association, too, is going to be something really helpful. If it can do something, I always believe in doing something together. I don't think people can get really far if they're by themselves. So the best would be to gather in these and bring our wines also because it's young producers, but also experimental producers. Like a lot of us have particular wines, not really like very well-known, established grape varieties. So it's fun to explore with us, with the, with the group of Sbarbatelli as well. It's fantastic. So let me just ask, can people come and visit you? Our listeners are going to hear this and they're going to get excited. So can they come and visit yes, at Castella de Uvillier? So we're open seven days out of seven. So they're probably going to find me there and my mom and my uncle and cousin. So it's we're a big family, not just my sister that, that helps out, but it's a lot of family. So we normally are there. So the visit is pretty fun because you can enter these quarries and actually see yourself how we age classic method but also the production can they find you on instagram or facebook or linkedin website tell me how (laughs) tell them how to find you so we're currently without a website because we're in a comprehensive rebranding process so they're gonna find us on instagram castello duville on linkedin and facebook of course with the logo the u logo which is kind of recognizable and uh, great oh that's fantastic well thank you so so much for joining us and giving me your time and i'm looking forward to tasting the wine as well yes and hopefully we will see you again soon with sparbatelle as well i really hope so thank Thank you you, so much thank you Listen to the Italian Wine Podcast wherever you get your podcasts. We're on SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Himalaya FM, and more. Don't forget to subscribe and rate the show. If you enjoy listening, please consider donating through italianwinepodcast.com. Any amount helps cover equipment, production, and publication costs. Until next time, cin cin.